Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. friend welcome back to the club how are you today I'm so glad you're here before we jump into what I think is a very interesting topic I want to remind you that feast of fast will be starting pretty soon we're coming up on it we always kick off our holiday round the first Monday of November so that we can go into the holiday season just really tight and staying on track and not letting all the crazy of the holiday season, both the stress and all the extra food, um, you know, get us off. This is the time of the year when um, people gain the most weight and we're not going to let that happen. We want to stay alert and feel good and feel good in our bodies and so we do that together and feast a fast holiday round and it's perfect because by the time it's Thanksgiving we're in the heck yeahs and so all the stuffing and the pies and all the things are a go it's all good so um so be thinking about that if you're anything like me I kind of like to you know plan ahead and just have my game plan on. So registration will be opening soon and I will let you know, but I want to go ahead and put a bug in your ear. Okay. So speaking of planning today, we are talking about how to better plan your food and exercise according to your monthly cycle. Hormones, as you know, hormones fluctuate throughout the month during your cycle, right? You have estrogen and progesterone, they're going up and down. And those fluctuations will influence how our bodies use carbs, store fat, have cravings, handle exercise. And you can adapt your diet and exercise routine according to these changes so that you're working with your body and not unknowingly making things harder on yourself. There are better times for certain foods and certain exercises based on your monthly cycle. And if you know what those are, you can optimize your meal planning and your routine to coincide with that, you know, and then ultimately boost how you feel and how you perform throughout the month. Some people call it cycle syncing. And you know how I love to sync things (laughs) according to our relation to creation. If you remember the podcast I did on circadian rhythm, feeding and fasting, I talked about how it's normal for us to change our diets and fasting time seasonally, you know, that it's not really natural or in sync with nature to have the exact same diet day in, day out, every single day of the year. Well, it's kind of that same principle on a more microscopic level, you know, when it comes to our hormones. They are up and down over a month's time, and so it makes sense that we may need to vary the way we eat or move to be more in sync with that. 
Okay, so we're going to start by talking about the two main phases of your cycle. We've got the follicular phase and the luteal phase. Okay, that's just kind of that's a very we're gonna I'm gonna try to keep it simple. You could you could break it down even more into the, um, you know, your period, and then the follicular phase and then ovulation and then the luteal phase, but we're just going to keep it as simple as possible and hit the highlights of the two main phases. Okay, so the first half is the follicular phase and the second half is the luteal phase. And the follicular phase is the one that we associate with estrogen. And the luteal phase is the one we associate with progesterone. Those are the dominant hormones or should be the dominant hormones of each phase. All right, so let's start with the follicular phase, um, which is known for rising estrogen. So you, you know, you kind of get through your period and your estrogen starts rising as your body prepares to mature and release an egg for ovulation. Okay. Now it may surprise you to know that this is the time during the follicular phase that your body can handle more carbs and more intense exercise. I've probably scared y'all to death about estrogen dominance <laughs> and other podcasts and how it can lead to weight gain and PMS symptoms. But when in check, when in balance, Estrogen really works well on our behalf. I mean, of course it does. That's the way God made it. So what's cool about estrogen, again, when, you know, when it's working and balanced and at the right levels, estrogen actually has insulin sensitizing properties, meaning your cells are more insulin sensitive during this phase. Okay, they will more readily and efficiently use glucose, you know, or sugar, right? It's when these cells are not receptive to receiving glucose that the body pumps out more insulin trying to get the cells to let in the sugar for energy. And we know that insulin is an energy storing or fat storing hormone. So we don't want the body to have to keep pumping out a lot of insulin right? We want those cells to be like, hey, sugar, come on in here. And when estrogen is in the optimal range, it can help your body do that. So dietarily, there are a couple things to consider here. The first thing is that we want to eat foods that support healthy estrogen levels. Okay, cruciferous veggies are wonderful for that. So you want to incorporate things like broccoli and Brussels sprouts and cauliflower regularly into your diet. These foods have balancing effects on estrogen. They help your body metabolize and detoxify estrogen safely and efficiently so that you don't become estrogen dominant. Okay, so that's one thing. One thing you want to focus on um, really throughout your cycle to help estrogen, but here in your follicular phase, when estrogen is rising, and it's all about the estrogen, just really honoring that with some lovely cruciferous vegetables. And then if you've heard of seed cycling, maybe you have, maybe you haven't, but it's this holistic practice of eating certain seeds, um, depending on the phase of your cycle to help promote and balance hormone levels. 
Okay, so in the follicular phase, in this first half of your cycle, the seeds you want to focus on are flax and pumpkin seeds. Flax seeds can naturally support healthy estrogen production, and they also contain a component called lignans, which can help bind to excess estrogen to be taken out of the body. And then the pumpkin seeds are full of zinc, which actually helps the body prepare to make progesterone for the next phase. Okay, so in the follicular phase, in this first half, you would incorporate one to two tablespoons of each of those seeds, better that they're ground so that your body can better utilize them. So you would use one to two tablespoons of ground flax and one to two tablespoons of the pumpkin seed, ground pumpkin seed. Um, but you know, you can easily just add these, these seeds to your food, you know, like yogurt or smoothies or oatmeal or chia pudding or on salads, or you can make pesto with them. You know, there's lots of ways that you can incorporate it, but the idea is to use them every day, one to two tablespoons of each every day in the follicular phase of your cycle in that first half. Okay. The other big thing, the big dietary thing that we can do in the follicular phase is what I mentioned earlier. And that is that this is the phase that can handle more carbs. Woohoo. Your body is a little more insulin sensitive and is going to use carbs a little more efficiently. Now that's not a green light to like binge out on carbs for two weeks. But if you've got a target carb range, kind of like we do in Feast of Fast, you could be at the higher end of that during this phase. All right. Now, when it comes to exercise, the follicular phase is when you want to do your more challenging, more intense exercise. Like this is the time to hit it. Get it? See what I did there? Hit it like a hit exercise. Because <laughs> those are a little bit more intense high intensity training. One reason is because the body is more efficiently managing those carbs, right? Um, if estrogen and nice is balanced, nice and balanced. So you're going to better utilize usage, storage, and replenishing of glucose. Uh, because and because the muscles are one of the main storage sites for sugar in the body. That's going to work in your favor. Right? The body's a little more insulin sensitive. The cells are going to have a better uptake of glucose for energy, for replenishment, for recovery. Estrogen is an anabolic hormone, which means it's a building up hormone. So you can build more muscle and build it faster with rising estrogen. All right. And as you get closer to ovulation, your testosterone is also going to peak which helps in strength training too. Testosterone is also an anabolic hormone. So you have both of these working in your favor when it comes to working out, endurance, and building strength. So as you move toward ovulation, you can amp up your workouts. You're going to be feeling strong, in shape, and sexy. And that is by design because it's baby making time. And testosterone also has a lot of influence over libido. And that's the time in the cycle. You want it to be strong, right? Like it's baby making time. I feel strong. I feel sexy. Let's do this thing. <laughs> right. Another reason 
it's good to do your most intense workout in the earlier part of your cycle is because these anabolic hormones like estrogen and testosterone help counteract cortisol, which is a catabolic hormone and the hormone of stress. So estrogen can be somewhat of an antagonist to cortisol and make you overall less stress sensitive. It's kind of interesting. It will help make your body more insulin sensitive, but also make you less stress sensitive. So your body will be able to handle more intense, stressful exercise. Unlike the second half of your cycle, when you're going to want to do something less intense and more restorative, but we'll get to that in a minute. Okay. So let's just kind of sum up the follicular phase here. Bottom line in the first half of your cycle, after you're, you know, got through your period and your estrogen's rising and you're, you're moving toward ovulation, you want to get plenty of cruciferous vegetables, incorporate flax and pumpkin seed. You can eat more carbs, be at the higher end of your carb range and do your harder, more intense workouts. Okay. All right. So you get through the follicular and the ovulation phase, feeling like a sexy beast and now things switch gears. Okay. You move into the luteal phase, the second half of your cycle. And progesterone is the more dominant hormone. This is the time when cravings are more common. But unfortunately, the body doesn't handle sugar and starch as well. So where healthy estrogen can help the cells be more insulin sensitive, progesterone can make them a little bit more resistant. Apparently the body would like you to be more prone to store fat in this phase, thinking like an, there could be a fertilized eggs and we got to make sure there's plenty of fat and resources to support that in case that's going to be a thing. So in the luteal phase, it's time to be on the lower end of your carb range. And you really want to focus in on protein, fiber, and healthy fats, okay, to help keep blood sugar regulated and to, um, to kind of get ahead of those cravings. You know, when you have plenty of, plenty of protein and fiber and healthy fats, you'll be full. Um, it will help get your brain off cravings if you are proactive on that. Now for the seed cycling, you want to focus on sunflower and sesame seeds. The sunflower seeds have things like selenium and vitamin E, which can help boost progesterone production and lessen PMS symptoms. And then the sesame seeds have um, some of those components, those lignans that can help bind up excess estrogen. Okay, so you would incorporate those in the same way that you did the flax and the pumpkin in the first half of your cycle, one to two tablespoons of each per day. And just in any of those, you know, ways we talked about yogurt, smoothie, oatmeal, salads, pesto, anything like that. Now, when it comes to exercise in the second half, this is the time to take it more easy. Okay, to focus on things like walking, yoga, maybe some light resistance training, but nothing too hardcore. This is more of a catabolic phase. So we talked about anabolic meaning to build up and catabolic means to break down. So your body will be a little bit more sensitive to stress at this time. And you don't want to overstress it with 
hard exercise, whether that's super intense cardio or, you know, really hard, heavy weight training, your body will not recover as well. You're going to be a little bit more tired, less energetic in this phase. And so it is just not the time to try to crush it in the gym. You know, you might notice now, like that I'm, we're talking about all this, that you might notice more times like that, like when you're in the second half of your cycle and you go in for a workout and you're like, man, what is wrong with me? <laughs> and um, it could likely be that, you know, it's just this time of your cycle, the progesterone is more dominant and your body is just not in the, um, in the right frame of mind, <laughs> in the right conditions to really, really hit it. Okay. So quick overview for luteal phase. Focus on protein and healthy fats for blood sugar regulation. Keep carbs, you know, on the lower end of your range. Use the sunflower and sesame seeds for seed cycling. And do lighter, more restorative exercise like walking and yoga. Okay. Now I know you perimenopause and menopause ladies are like, what about me? So I want to share uh, a little bit for you. Some things to keep in mind during perimenopause is that your hormones are less predictable, right? There's a lot of shifting going on. Things get a little wackadoodle. That in itself is, you know, stressful to the body. Plus a lot of your hormone making responsibilities will be taken over by the adrenals at this time. Okay, so more than anything in the perimenopausal and menopausal years when it comes to hormones, is you gotta watch your stress. Lots of stress, high cortisol, will make your peri and menopause experience a nightmare. You're going to feel all the things times 10. Okay, it's a time that your body is just, you know, it's not using energy as efficiently because the hormones are shifting so much. And so your body is going to lean toward being more insulin resistant and not using carbs quite as well. I know it's unfortunate it kind of sounds all like, like womp womp, you know, little disaster here. Um, and it could be, I think, you know, a lot of people have had a really tough transition. If you're really stressed and you're not aware of what's happening with your body, but when you are aware, as we're talking about here, and you know that it's really important to take care of those adrenal glands, you know, don't, if you're overly stressed and your adrenal glands are already Bur overly burdened from so much stress in your life, no matter where that is coming from. It's going to have a hard time outputting the hormones that it needs to give you. Right? So I mean, that's our body's mechanism as we shift into those years becomes responsible the adrenal glands for making some of the hormones. But if it's so busy, like an overburden because it's been just pumping out cortisol, and trying to deal with all your stress, it's like, I ain't got no capacity to make these hormones. So that's a problem, right? So you really, um, you want to be aware of that. And you can take charge and get ahead of it. All of this, you know, as you're moving into the 
perimenopause and menopause years to optimize your situation. You want to manage that carb load, staying relatively low to moderate carb. And walking is one of the best exercises you can do. Truly all. Really, no matter what stage you are of your life, I think walking is just one of those things that is a wonderful ongoing movement for the body because it is really, it might be the only exercise that doesn't increase cortisol. In fact, it can help lower it. So, you know, most exercise that we do is stressful to the body. It's a hormetic stress. It's a good stress. It's a good stress for the body if your body isn't already stressed out to the max. If your body is just worn down by stress, like I just said, and the adrenals are overburdened, and then you try to add really hard exercise on top of that, it's like beating a dead horse. You're like, go adrenals, go. And it's like, uh, this horse is dead. (laughs) It cannot go anywhere anymore. And so, you know, regardless of where you are in your hormonal journey, if you're somebody that really struggles with adrenal issues, hard exercise is not your friend right now. It is time to um, do or some lower intensity stuff. But walking is wonderful because it doesn't, you're getting that movement. It doesn't increase cortisol. It can lower it. And it helps sensitize the body to insulin. Walking is a magic, y'all. It really is. And so, um, I mean, y'all know I love it. Put on a good podcast or some good jams and then take a nice long walk. I would say the same of this is true post-menopausally. You know, you're not really going to utilize carbs as well as you once could. But if you stay in that low to moderate range and exercise regularly, especially walking and manage stress. You'll help keep your adrenals producing hormones and your fat. Remember, in the postmenopausal years, your fat is like its own endocrine organ and it produces some estrogen for you. Right? And that's, we want that to happen. But if there is too much fat on the body, it can produce too much estrogen and then too much estrogen can drive more fat accumulation. And so that can become kind of a beast on its own, right? When there's estrogen dominance, when there's just too much estrogen in relation to progesterone, that can be a problem. But it's when estrogen is nice and balanced and we're keeping it healthy with, you know, all the good things we talked about today, um, that it really works in your favor. And then in the postmenopausal years, your, you know, you can still produce some estrogen um, from your fat cells. And that's okay. That's what we're supposed to do. All right. Now you can still seed cycle as a menopausal and postmenopausal woman as a holistic way to help your body produce hormones naturally. And since you don't have a regular cycle, what you do is you use the phases of the moon as a guide to cycle dates. So day one would be the new moon. And then you would go from there. You would count that as your day one and then go with the phases of the moon. 
Isn't that kind of cool? And then finally, um, you can also add black currant seed oil or evening primrose oil uh, supplementally as a way to help boost progesterone production. And so you can take that in the second half of your cycle, um, kind of like along with the, the seed cycling. Um, so along with the, the sunflower and sesame seeds, you can add in some of the black currant seed or evening primrose oil. Okay, that's a nice healthy uh, fat and it's really good for your skin and good stuff. Okay, well that was kind of short but sweet, but packed with info. And I hope you find it interesting. At least, you know, you can be aware again, like I said, be aware of just notice, you know, oh, feeling that's why I feel so energetic as I'm nearing ovulation. I feel like I'm rocking it, you know, and then after ovulation, if things are feeling a little downhill, well, that is normal. And so you can adapt things if you're looking at your calendar, you know, and you're trying to plan runs or, um, real intense workouts and or maybe more yoga days or uh, you're walking or whatever it is you can you can kind of plan that out a little bit more efficiently to work with your body all right my friends thank you so much for listening love to be here with you i hope you have a healthy and blessed week and i will talk to you soon Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.